Hey everybody, we have a live show coming up this weekend, Saturday, in San Francisco, California, at the historic Piano Fight Theater. You can come see me do a little show called Can I Finish? This is going to be making fun of all the debates that happen this week. Uh, There's a debate Wednesday, there's a debate Thursday, we're going to have classic debate moments. It is going to be a very, very, very fun time. So, go get your tickets right now. 7 p.m. Saturday, June 29th. It is, uh, here's the link, bit.ly slash px3 June. Again, bit.ly slash px3 June. Right, doctor? Doctor's not going to be there because he's a bird. But you can be there. I hope to see you there. Again, Saturday, 7 p.m. at the Piano Fight Hey, what does my brother have to say about this, though? Hey, everyone. Justin's nephew, Jackson, wants to tell you where to go if you want to support the show. Yeah. Pay. Pay. Jury. Daily. Dot com. Nailed it. Welcome to the Justin Robert Young Podcast. We come to you live four days a week, and today is one of those days. Just one of those days. I don't know why that was in my head. All right, uh, uh, look, I, I want I want to talk about something, and uh, I've, uh, it's another one of these continuing fascinations of the show. Louis C.K. fascinated. By the Louis C.K. story. I've been fascinated by Louis C.K.'s career. You know, just to recap, here's my take on Louis C.K. He's a very funny stand-up comedian. I've seen him live a couple times. To my mind, Louis C.K., aside from directing Pootie Tang, little known fact, he really blew up as a stand-up, in my mind, uh, uh, based on his material about kind of being mean to his kids. He was mean to his kids, right? You know, uh, the person that doesn't tie their shoes and makes you late for a dinner reservation isn't a child, they're an asshole. Shit like that, right? And there was this kind of bubbling in, 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 the, in the blog... Revolution, you would hear more so than you would otherwise that, uh, and there were some rumors of Louis that Louis, uh, was predatory to women. He would find women, he would corner them, and he would ask to jerk off in front of them in situations in which it was hard for them to say no. You know, that was rumors, and then Me Too starts, and the New York Times does a gigantic expose where the women, I mean, again, if you really want to trace back to the Me Too movement on exactly why things went supernova, it was because people started putting their name on the record. So the New York Times, it wasn't that the New York Times just covered it. The New York Times covers a lot of stuff that they can't get 
sourcing for and it doesn't matter. It goes away. But as soon as you put names on it, as soon as now other people are able to book those names or talk to those names for comment or seek uh, a further comment, now all of a sudden the story gets larger. The story gets bigger. The story has more echoes. And, uh, you know, Me Too was a supernova. But, you know, there's a wise man out here, and uh, uh, he did a special on Netflix. He is another hero of mine, and stand-up uh, comedy-wise. But I think also in terms of entertainment, he's he's an absolute hero for me. Uh, and this was uh, Dave Chappelle talking about the Me Too movement. And ladies, I want you to win this fight. Ten years ago, I might have been scared, but, you know, I got a daughter now, so if you win, she wins. So I'm rooting for you. And I agree with you. At least ideologically, I do. I don't know if the... I don't know if you're doing it just right, but, I mean, who am I to say? I, I don't think you're wrong. I just think that you can't make a lasting peace this way. You got all the bad guys scared, and that's good. But the minute they're not scared anymore, it will get worse than it was before. Fear does not make lasting peace. Ask black people. And that's what it is. What this city really needs, uh, without irony, I'll say this, the cure for LA is in South Africa. You motherfuckers need truth and reconciliation with one another. Because the end of apartheid should have been a fucking bloodbath by any metric in human history and it wasn't. And the only reason it wasn't is because Desmond Tutu and Mandela and all these guys figured out that if a system is corrupt, then the people who adhere to the system and are incentivized by that system are not criminals. They are victims. And that the system itself must be tried. But because the how systems work is so compartmentalized as far as information, the only way we can figure out what the system is is if everybody says what they did. Tell them how you participated. Because men want to help. They're just scared. Because Ben Affleck tried to help. Hey, what happened to these ladies is disgusting. Oh, nigga, you grabbed a titty in 95. All right, fellas, I'm out. I'm going to play one line again. You got all the bad guys scared. And that's good. But the minute they're not scared anymore, it will get worse than it was before. Now, I'm not even really here to say that Louis C.K. is the bad guy. The thing that I found was profound in Chappelle's set was the idea that where do we go from here? Because the Me Too movement was necessary and, not but, no dilution, further qualifier, was it's not so fun when the rabbit has the gun. Now, all of a sudden, the powerless become the powerful. This is great. This is good. This brings us closer to uh, some level of justification. What it does not do, what this purging fire does not do, is bring us any closer to understanding, well, what happens to everybody that was punished but not a rapist? Now, in my mind, the person that really did the most harm in the Louis C.K. story was not Louis C.K. Louis C.K. was somebody that had disgusting behavior. To me, 
The real person who's got bodies on him is Louis C.K.'s manager, who reportedly made sure that anybody who had anything negative to say about Louis C.K. was blackballed from comedy. That's the person who killed careers. Now, Louis C.K. is a tremendously unsympathetic figure. So when you ask a question like, well, what happens to Louis C.K.? The general sentiment for many are, I don't give a fuck. But he's a tremendous comic, and he's got a huge name. And this is the reaction he got when he made a surprise appearance this weekend at a comedy event called Skankfest. Ladies and gentlemen, Louis C.K. Now, I would chalk this reaction up to a couple of things. Number one, every crowd is excited to be at a thing where the thing is happening. That happens no matter what. It's like in sports when people are like, oh my God, is this person uh, uh, the best ever? Eventually, it always comes to the more recent athlete because maybe I was alive during that other time and maybe I wasn't, but everybody who's being born after me is closer to the current thing than the past thing. It's just the way history works. But we need to mentally prepare ourselves that the Louis C.K. comeback is coming. In fact, it might be here. The only question is when and exactly where. And I, for one, think that there should be a lane for it. Even if it's a disdained lane. But but everybody needs to understand that that dude is going to come back and either we make peace with it or we get mad about it. And by the way, Louis C.K. is probably going to be fairly unapologetic. According to TMZ, this was his opening joke. Quote, if you ever masturbate in front of somebody, ask them first. And if they say yes, don't do it. Well, here's a bit of a left turn. <laughs> uh, speaking of disasters that will at some point eventually right itself, whether or not we have any say over it, Boeing is trying to recover from their Boeing 737 MAX disaster. This, of course, was the plane that had the flight control system that went down a couple times, uh, or at least enough that many governments, including the United States, wherein. Boeing is based out there in Seattle or Renton, Washington. They grounded all the Boeing 737 Maxes. So now Boeing has to fix a bunch of 737 Maxes, which means in maybe the most lighthearted element of a story that involves multiple planes going down, that there is currently a lack of car parking space at the Boeing factory because they're parking 737s in the car parking lot. This is a blog post from Jalopnik. You may recall that thanks to an issue with faulty sensors in the Boeing 737 MAX flight control systems, these planes have been grounded after multiple crashes were found to be related to the issue. Grounded planes are, by definition, not in the air, and as such, need to be stored on the ground somewhere. 
In the case of Boeing's Renton factory in Washington State, there are so many grounded planes that it has to be taken into Boeing's employee parking lots. As you can imagine, seeing the planes parked amongst people's everyday commuter cars is a strange sight, which has led to all sorts of aerial and drone photography showing <laughs> that it is literally half of the Boeing parking lot that is being taken up by six 737 Maxes. I only hope this. I, I hope, and, and look, you know, I'm sure Boeing's going to get this thing sorted out and these planes will go back in the air and uh, you know, no one will ever really know whether or not they're on a 737 MAX because it'll just be whatever. I mean, aside from two or three of my friends that are super plane nerds, nobody really gives a flying shit about what plane they're on unless it means that, you know, you're going to get a better first class with like lay flat seats or something like that. But I just hope one thing, just one thing happens. That those 737s are out there in that parking lot for a long enough time that they get kind of dirty. And I just hope that somebody maybe buys a ladder, maybe buys a, a, a ladder that they put on top of a car, maybe gets uh, one of those, uh, you know, crane things that, that you would use so you can uh, wash windows or something. And they go all the way up and they trace wash me <laughs> into the windshield. And then at that point, at some point, someone's going to have to go up there and move that plane and be like, God damn it. I guess we do. You can always email the show, jurydaily at gmail.com, jurydaily at gmail.com. That's where you do it. Let's go ahead and get to it. Sean writes, I have a couple issues with the Air Canada story. I'm still lost on how she wasn't found. But more importantly, 40 feet? Air Canada doesn't have any 747s or A380s. So she was at the worst on a 777, but likely a tiny regional jet. No way she was 40 feet up. I guess the plane was big enough to not have stairs. If it were me, I would have armed the door and used the slide. No way that they could be pissed at me and I could live a dream. Live a dream that isn't my nightmare of the actual incident. Sean, you are very judgy for somebody that, you know, just listened to a story about a woman getting abandoned on a plane. It's not like Air Canada is disputing this. So, you know, the answer to how could she be left there, it's a little accusatory. Like, like, oh, were you trying to stow away on the plane? Were you hiding under the seat? How'd you get left there? They fucked up. That's why. Somebody didn't check all the rows, and I'm sure she was sleeping. And next thing you know, they'd drag her in there. Now, I will say this. That lady's a heavy sleeper. I would not be shocked if, if, if there was maybe a, uh, you know, uh, one of those. You know, some people take some some pharmaceutical help because they got anxiety on flights or to help them get to sleep on flights. I would not be shocked if there was a little bit of that. That being said, yeah, I, I'm sure. Look, she was 
justifiably panicked. Like, I mean, you wake up in a situation like that? Sure. I'm sure that there are better ways that she could have min-maxed her opportunity to slide down the stairs. Although, to be honest, does that work the same when there's no power? Or is that something that does require power? Uh-oh. Plain nerds. Plain nerds. Hit me up. We also had a few people email in about their celebrity hangs. Keep these coming. I like these because they tell me a lot about you. Windwalker Scoop 23 says, I believe that the celebrity I would love to spend time with is Vin Diesel. He's a well-known D&D player, and I would love to sit down with him and play a campaign. I mean, Windwalker Scoop, do you also, like, follow him on social media? He likes to sing a lot. Like, this is what I'm talking about. When I say that Jeff Goldblum and Bill Murray are, like, great hangs, it's because they, they, they project even keel. They project good conversation. Now, granted, I get the idea that I'd love to play D&D with Vin Diesel, and that's fine. Although I do think it's in a slightly different category of, like, I would love to do blank with X. But all right, you do you. Ken writes, here are my squad goals. Taika Waititi, Dan, uh, Donald Glover, and Larry David. Ken, how much anxiety do you need in your life? That's a question I would like to ask you. How much anxiety? Now, look, this is not whose work do I admire the most. Because I believe the work that is being done by Taika Waititi, Donald Glover, and Larry David is fantastic. Uh, par excellence. This is great stuff. Amazing. But at the same time, these are all fairly out there, understood to be either standoffish, introverts, or ridden with anxiety. Like, you want that? I mean, again, this is going to wear off. The idea of, oh my God, I'm with Taiko Atiti. That's going to wear off pretty quick if you're hanging out for a whole day, right? So you want somebody who's like, oh, cool. I bet this would be a cool hang. I don't know, Ken. Jason says Samuel L. Jackson. I'm down for that. I mean, hell, those goddamn commercial, uh, uh, credit card commercial, the ones where him and Spike Lee are hanging out with Charles Barkley, like, those are awful. But I still think that that's a good hang. <laughs> like, I would definitely like to hang with the three of them. Even though those commercials are maybe the worst written things that have ever aired on television, I think that if they literally just did a podcast about, like, on the days where they were filming those commercials, it would be one of my favorite listens of all time. All right, that about wraps it up for us today. I would like to thank Bill, Dustin, Robert H., Brian C., M., Trey the Melodica Man, Adam, Middle H., Mike, and Harry Lee Smith. Again, you can email the show jurydaily at gmail.com, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Justin R. Young. Open Bayou gave us the 737 story, and MacBook Pro gave us the Louis C.K. story there in our Jury Stories Discord. You can get that by going to bit.ly slash jury discord. And remember, I'm live in San Francisco this Saturday. Go ahead and get your tickets. Bit.ly slash PX number three June. Again, bit.ly slash PX number three June. All right. That about wraps it up for us. 
today. Until tomorrow, my name is Justin Robert Young. I'm asking you to please give a round of applause to Mr. Wacky, but more importantly, please go. Go! Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>